Sweet. Sweet. God is so good, isn't he? I mean, let me ask everybody a question here. Look, is everybody ready to receive? Are you ready to receive? I mean, that's a question the Lord's really been, been asking me this past week, man. Craig, are you ready to receive? And it's cool because the worship band sang a song, and we, we sang alongside them and, and worshiped the Lord, and we said, the overwhelming, never-ending, right, reckless love of God. I mean, his love is, is so amazing. I mean, it's, it's the never-ending. It's reckless. It's, it's, it's a love that never ceases. It never stops. He loves us so much. But the Word of God says something else about love in regards to our Father. This is what 1 John 4, verses 7 to 8 say about love. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. True. We know that. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not, go, does not know God. And this is cool right here. For God is love. God is love. You see, when we talk about love, our God, our Heavenly Father, being love, we're talking about more than an attribute that he possesses, okay? It's more than something he has, right? When we talk about love, we're talking about the very thing that identifies and defines the fullness of God, the entirety of who our God is. He is love. Look at it this way, right? Anybody a fan of pools? Anybody a fan of going to the beach, swimming? Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Would anybody ever say, man, you know that water? It got wet today. It possessed wetness today, man. It was really wet. No, you wouldn't say that. It doesn't make sense, right? The reality is wetness fully defines what water is, right? Water is wet. It's just the reality of it, man. So in the same sense, when we talk about the love that our Father has for us, we're not just talking about an attribute that he possesses. We're talking about the reality of who he is. He is love. He is love, man. Look, my daughter and my son, they're all about getting in the water. All about getting in the water. Now me, I will confess, I'm not a much of a fan of, of water. I don't like being cold when it comes to water, so I try to stay away from it a little bit. So I'll be outside with my kids. We'll be hanging out. They'll be playing in the pool, enjoying the hose, spraying each other, getting all kind of wet, just having a good time in the water, man. P jumping up and down, running around, just loving life. And all of a sudden, they'll see Daddy standing in the corner. <laughs> and they'll say, you know what? Daddy needs to experience this, <laughs> right? So they'll run up to me, and they'll give me a big wet hug, and then the next thing you know, I'm all wet, and I'm cold, and even though I don't like water, I love it, man. In that moment, I love it, because my children are giving me of the experience that's taking place in their life. The reality of what they're going through at that moment, or participating in at that moment, they're like, I, wanted to, I want to extend this to you. I want to give this to you, Dad. You see, when it comes to the love of God, that's where I want to be. I want to be so saturated, so filled with his love that, man, I'm praising, I'm enjoying him every day, and all of a sudden, somebody gets around me, and I get close to him, and they get Jesus all over him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they get wet. 
right? They feel and they're filled with the love of Christ, right? Just because I simply allowed my God to fill me with his love, his perfect love, and I chose in that moment to love that person with that same love, whatever it may look like, however it may look. Man, I'm all about God's love. Now, this is cool here, right? If we're born of God, we know God. And, and literally, if we're born of God, we're born of love. And if we're born of love, we know love. And not only that, because we know love, right? Because we're born of love, we have the opportunity to love others with this same love, this same love, this perfect, perfect love. So the question I've asked myself, even when God was kind of ministering me, to me um, through this word is, man, God, what does, what does the evidence of your love look like, God? Because I want to love like you love. I want to receive the fullness of your love, God. But what does it look like to truly love? And I want to see if you guys can catch this, guys and girls, brothers and sisters in the house. I'm going to read a couple verses here, right? And I want to see if you can catch what the evidence of God's love looks like. All right, so I'm going to start with John 3, and I'm going to read verses 34 through 35. And this is what John says. For he whom God has sent, this being Jesus, right, speaks the words of God. For he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Right? This is the heart of the Father towards his Son, towards Jesus Christ. He has given all things into his hand because he loves him. Now, the side note here. Did you know that your destiny is to be conformed to the image of Christ? Did you know that? Your destiny is to be conformed to the image of Jesus. But the cool thing about that, it's not something that you're becoming. The reality is, it's who you are. You're already walking in that destiny. So the question is, why is it at times I don't walk out of the fullness of Christ? Well, you see, because my mind and my heart right? I haven't fully allowed the spirit, what's taking place in my spirit, right? To, to, to fully be established in my heart. You see, when I'm, when I walk in salvation, my spirit is connected to the father, 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm walking in wholeness. I'm walking in all that God is. I am conformed to the image of Christ. My soul, my mind, and my heart, they need to come to that reality, right? And God wants to bring us there, man. I believe it's his will, his will for all of us to walk in the reality of who we are as sons and daughters of the most high God, conformed in the image of Jesus. So when we talk about Jesus, the father's heart towards Jesus, a father that loves the son and gives him all things, when God sees you, that's who he sees. He sees his son, right? He sees Jesus Christ. And he says, look, I'm giving you all things because I love you. So let's go ahead and go further. Let's catch the Father's heart, heart towards us. And again, stay with me here. See if you can kind of see where I'm going here. See, see, see what, what an evidence of love looks like. All right, so let's go to 1 John chapter 4, and I'm going to start on verse 9 and read verse 10 as well. 
And this is what 1 John 4, 9 through 10 says. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. All right? I'm going to go to the next verse. See if you can catch what the evidence of God's love looks like, how the love is manifested. This is John 3, 16 and 17. Everybody is well acquainted with this verse, I believe. I know I am. It was one of the first verses I learned as a little child. John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And verse 17 says, For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. All right, everybody kind of getting where I'm going here? All right, a couple more verses just to make sure you're, you're staying, staying with me here. Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Anybody need one more verse? One more verse to catch it? All right, all right, all right. Here we go. Romans 8.32, right? He, being God, who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? So did anybody catch that? What does the evidence of God's love look like? What does the manifestation of God's love look like? Yeah, 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 right? He gives. He gives. The evidence of his love is the reality that he gives and he gives and he gives. he, He doesn't stop giving. Right? It's an endless giving. It's a giving that is without, without holding back. It's a, it's a giving where he doesn't reserve, but he freely gives us everything. Right? That is the evidence of God's love towards that. How do we know that God is love? Well, one of the ways that we know that is the reality that he freely gives. He freely gives. Man, he gives lavishly. He gives relentlessly. He gives with no restrictions, no hesitations, no questions asked. That's how our God gives. That's the heart of the Father. Take a look at the prodigal son. Everybody familiar with that story? Yeah. The prodigal son takes his inheritance, and he goes and he squanders it. He goes into the world, and all of a sudden he finds himself among the pigs. And he finds himself being tempted to eat what the pigs eat. And all of a sudden, he comes to his senses and says, wait a minute, I left my father, I took my inheritance, and I messed up here. But, you know what, I can go back to my father. I could be like a servant, and I know he'll be, I'll say, I'll say, you know, I'm sorry, Lord, Father, forgive me, and I'll go back, and I know he'll welcome me in as a servant. I know that for sure. So that's what I'm going to do. So he picks up his stuff, he runs back to the father, right? He goes, and he sees his father away off, and in his heart, this is what he wants to do, Right? And he's like, man, Father, I- I'm sorry. I-, 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 I messed up. I messed up. Please, please welcome me back as a servant. What does the word of God say? 
His son was here. Father was all the way over there, right? And the word says, while he was yet a far way off, right? The father came running up to him, right? And what did he do when he ran up to him? See, this is cool. The father runs up to the son, and he kisses him. He embraces him, and then he gives him the best robe. He gives him a ring. He puts sandals on his feet, right? He kills the fattened calf in order to celebrate the return of his son, right? He is so overjoyed with the reality that his son has come back that he just lavishly gives him everything. No questions asked. The son didn't even have to ask for it. The son didn't go up to him and beg the father, Lord, father, please give me. No, the father was like, ah, just because I see you, I'm giving. Just because you're here, I'm giving. Just because I love you, I'm giving, right? No questions asked. And then you take a look at the other son who was there the whole time. He's like, yo, I was here the whole time. Father, what's going on? I've been doing all these things for you. I've been working for you. What's up? And the father's like, son, all that I have is yours, right? The father even gave to him. It was like, dude, everything I have, I've already given it to you. Here, take it. It's yours. Do you want to walk in it? You've got to receive, but here it is. Take it, please, please. I want to give. That's my nature and character. I am love. I'm a giver. Here, take it, right? So the father lavishly gives to both sons, and that's the heart of the father towards us. It's his nature and character to give, man, because he is love. Let's take a look at Jesus, right? God the son. Let's look at how he gives. John 15, 13. It says, greater love has no one than this, that one laid down his life for his friends. You talk about giving, right? No greater love? If the greatest evidence of love is laying down your life for someone else, guess who did that? Jesus Christ himself. He said, look what? You can't, look, 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 guys, look, girls, look, brothers, look, sisters. Look, sons, look, daughters, you cannot give me. <laughs> you cannot give me. I've laid down my life for you. I've laid down my life for you. This is the Jesus Christ. This is the God we serve, a God who's willing to lay down his life for us. That's how great of a God we serve. That's the greatness of his giving, laying down his life for us, right? Yeah, yeah. And Jesus said like this, right? This is cool here too. Adding on to the reality that he laid down his life. John 10, 18 says this. Jesus talks about his life, the very life he laid down. This is what he said. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I lay it down because I am love. I lay it down because I love you. I have authority to lay it down. And this is cool. And I have authority to take it up again, right? He resurrected right? He died and he rose again for us. This commandment I received from my father. You see, there was a willingness of Jesus Christ to lay down his life for us, right? There was a willingness of of Jesus Christ to glorify the father and to love us fully. And he said, I'm willing to lay down my life for you. Nobody takes it from me, but I do it because I am love and I love you. So cool. So cool. So God has given us everything, right? All we need. We know this. He's given us all we need to live life in godliness. So the question, going back to the question, I want to ask another one here. All right, if we know that God gives, he gives, how do we function in his great generosity? 
Well, Jesus gives us a perfect picture of this, man. He gives us a perfect picture of what it looks like to function in the fullness of God's great generosity. And this comes out of John 15, verses 4 to 5, right? And this is how we function within God's giving. Jesus says this, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide, 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 right? I want to abide in all that God is. I want to abide in his fullness. I want to live in that reality. I want to be with him. Because when I choose to live in that space, that God space, that reality of who God is in me, when I choose to function and operate out of that, I'm simply a branch on the vine, man, and I bear fruit, right? I start loving on people. I start walking in peace, right? I start walking in joy, right? I start walking in all that God has for me. I start walking and operating out of his fullness, when I operate and walk out of who he is in me, when I realize that his spirit, his Holy Spirit lives in me, and I say, today I'm going to make a choice to walk in the spirit and function in his goodness, guess what? I start bearing fruit, and the world's changed, and people come to know him, and salvation is made evident, and people begin to glorify my Savior simply because of the life I live, because of who he is in me. Isn't that awesome? It's simply about abiding. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. Man, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. I want to read that because this is cool here too. I just love reading Bible scriptures because they preach by themselves, man. I don't even have to do much. <laughs> the word of God speaks, man. The word of God testifies of the reality of who Jesus is, man, and who the Lord is. Here we go. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. Now I'm going to stop there. There's more to that verse, but I'm going to stop there because I want to talk about that first. First part of 2 Corinthians 9, 8. I'm going to read it again. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. He what? Gives all. All grace. All grace. All grace. So cool. So cool. So we know that God gives us everything, and we can function out of that reality. So let me continue with that, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. So that always having all sufficiency in everything, right, being fully sufficient in who God is in me, because he gives me everything, I can be fully sufficient in the reality of who he is in me. And within that sufficiency, this is what 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says it's supposed to look like. So that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Man, I want my coworkers to know Jesus. I want my family members to know Jesus. I want my brother and my sister and my mom and my dad. My brother and my mom and my dad know him. My sister does it well now I think about it. Thank you, God. Okay, I want my cousins to know Jesus, right? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, by the way, they do. Sweet. But I want my cousins to know him, right? I want the people that I encounter on a daily basis to know Jesus, right? How does that look, though? 
Well, when I choose to walk in the abundance of God, right, because of my sufficiency in him, guess what? I have an abundance for every good deed, right? I can walk up to somebody and say, you know what? I want to tell you that Jesus loves you, right? He just put that on my heart today. And I want to speak that to you. And I want to pray over you. And I want to, you know, that, that issue you're having with your leg, I want to pray over that. And because of God's abundance within me, because of the spirit of God that lives within me, the spirit without measure, right? I'm going to pray and I want to see healing take place in you. And that's going to be a testimony of my father. And it's going to glorify him. And then you're going to say, you know what? This God, maybe I should. I should walk in his salvation. I should receive his gift of salvation because I know who he is, because I chose to walk out of his abundance, operate out of his abundant giving. You see, we love because Christ loves us first, right? We give because God gave first. You see the, you see the progression there? God loves so we can love. God gives so we can give, right? That's the call. That's the call of the church, I believe, man. God's like, Lord, I've given you so much. Yes, I want you to receive. I'm, the Lord is all about that. God's like, I want you to receive. I want you to walk in my fullness. But please give it. Give it to somebody else, right? Give it to somebody else. My son and my daughter, when they're playing around, they're enjoying themselves in that water, but they come and they give me, and I get to experience it. And I'm like, this is awesome. Yo, we get to give people Jesus, right? We get to show people who our Father is. We get to show people who our Savior is. We get to live out of his love. Now, if simply giving all that God has given us, right, is what God has called us to do. If he's given us love and he's called us to give love, honestly, that would be enough. That would be enough, right? My God loves me. And because of the greatness of his love, because I choose to walk in that and operate and function out of that love, I choose to give, right? And the fullness that comes out of that, that's enough. In all aspects, in, in all reality, that would be cool. But God, <laughs> this is cool. God doesn't stop there. Look what he says here. This is so cool, man. God is so cool. <laughs> he gives so much. Wow, look at this, man. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. This is what he talks about when we give. Now this I say to you. Sorry, sorry. Let me read that again. Now this I say. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Now I want to focus on that word cheerful real quick, right? right? When we talk about being cheerful, we're giving out of joy, right? We're giving because we're, we're, we're disposed to give because of what we've received. Because we're fully satisfied in Christ, right? Being a cheerful giver says, because I'm fully satisfied, I willingly give. I willingly give. No questions asked, no doubts about it. It means that I'm won over. I'm won over, man. I'm fully convinced that my God loves me. I'm fully convinced that he's willing to give me everything. He gives perfectly. I'm fully convinced of that. I'm won over, and I have no other response but to freely and cheerfully give because of the reality of my God. 
and what he's given me and how he gives to me. So God loves a cheerful, cheerful giver. That's so cool. And the verse 6, it talks about sowing sparingly and reaping sparingly, sowing bountifully and reaping bountifully. I want you to, I want you to keep that in your mind as I read this. Proverbs eleven twenty four through 25. There is one who scatters, gives, us. There was one who scatters and yet increases all the more. And there was one who withholds what is justly due, and yet it results only in wants. Verse 25. The generous man, the one who gives, the one who gives, the one who says, my God's given me everything, I'm going to choose to give as well. The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. So this is so amazing. Think about it. Think about it. God's given us everything. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Didn't mean to do that. My fault. I apologize. I was kind of loud to me. I was like, oh, okay. Whoa, what's going on? Was somebody else? <laughs> Jesus? All right. Sweet. No. So God, God gives us everything, right? He's already given us everything. He wants to. It's his will. He loves us perfectly. He gives perfectly. And out of that, he calls us to give and he calls us to love cool. That would be good. That would be okay. But then he goes on to say, if you give, guess what? You get to even reap bountifully. You get more. The more you give, not only have I given you everything and you can give out of that, but if you choose to give, I'm pouring out more. It positions you to receive even more from me. So uh, he's given us everything, yet he gives us even more when we choose to give. That is such an amazing thing. It is such an amazing thing, man. And I'm not just talking about, hear my heart in this, please. I'm not just talking about money, right? It's more than that. It's more than that. I was chilling with my brother the other day, Andrew. My boy right there. Yeah, man. What's up, bro? <laughs> so he was at the rec center on Friday. And we were hanging out, having a good time. He had just come up from the gym. He was playing basketball. And he's like, Cray. He's like, hey, man, you heading out anytime soon? I'm like, yes, yeah, 8.30. I'll head out about 8.30, 8.45. He's like, hey, man, you mind? you mind if I catch a ride with you down to a friend's house? I'm like, dude, sure. I would love to, man. That opportunity to spend time with you, to hang out with you. I mean, it's not going to be a long time, but gosh, I, I'm taking advantage of any time I can get to hang out with a brother in Christ, man. I, yeah, I freely give him a ride. Freely give. So I give him that ride. And we're going down the road, and it's awesome, and it's cool, and we're chilling. And I'm telling you, the presence of God is there. I mean, I was filled with joy from the moment he was in the car, even after he left. I was enjoying God. And I think that God honored the reality that I simply gave a brother a ride. And he was like, you know what? Enjoy my presence in this moment. Right? He's like, here's more. Here's more. Here's more. And it didn't stop there, though. That's the spiritual reality thing. And that was actually the best of the receiving. But the day after... And God, I was, God was speaking to me the other day. And he said, there was a connection here, Craig. The day after that, I'm at the rec center. And it's about 4 o'clock. I'm getting ready to wind down, close the building up. I get a call. And I answer it. And the lady on the other line is like, hey, Craig, I, know, I knew who it was. It was a lady that had come to the rec center before. Her name was Leslie. And she says, hey, Craig, uh, what time does the rec center close today? And... I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Leslie, we just closed, 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock. She's like, oh, man, okay, okay, well, well, um, 
I just wanted to let you know, I, I didn't want to come to play ping pong or, or do anything like that, but I wanted to come see you because I have a friend of mine who's super wealthy, has a lot of money, and she bought this jacket from France that's over $100, and it can't fit my son. So I was wondering if you wanted it. I'm just like, what? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Uh, Rex Center's open till five, can you come through? We're, we're amending our policy. <laughs> In the moment, yes, we are open, always. When can you get here? When can you get here? But, I mean, the reality is, and God was like, yo, Craig, those two things were connected. Because you chose to give, not only did I, did I give of myself in regards to the spirit, the spirit, right? Right, my presence. But I gave in regards to the physical as well. Here it is, because you chose to give a brother a ride. Willingly, cheerfully. It doesn't stop there. Because I'm telling you, God's been working on my heart in regards to this word. And I'm just believing this thing, man. I'm making firm this word in my heart. I'm making firm. So I'm, I'm, I'm off of work. It's about, I'd been at work for other reasons for a while, looking for something. My wife, I love you. <laughs> I'm gonna, I lost my wedding ring. I lost my, yeah, I don't, I don't know where it is. So, so it was about, yeah, she loves me nonetheless. This is awesome. Perfect picture of who Christ is. She's like, oh, okay, I love you. It's okay, we'll find it, right, right? So it's about, I told you I was getting off at four. It's about, I'm running around the rec center. And, and I didn't notice this until I hung up the phone. I was like, I don't have my ring on me. So I'm running around. It's about two hours later, three hours later. I'm running. I still can't find this thing. So I'm like, all right, Lord. All right, I'm going to leave. So I walk out and get to my car, and I look across the parking lot where the aquatic center is, and I see a bunch of employees at the aquatic center setting up for a triathlon that's supposed to take place this morning, that took place this morning, right? And they're setting up, and... I'm getting in my car, and all of a sudden, the Lord's like, go give him a hand. I'm thinking in my head, I was like, well, I just got off of work. I mean, it's kind of, okay. But then I'm telling you, this word has been established in my heart, man. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go give. <laughs> so I go over there, and I go over, and I'm, this is so awesome. I go over there, and I'm telling you, let me backtrack real quick just to give a little background. A couple weeks ago, I played basketball with with my friends, with my boys, and everything at the rec center. And I messed up my Achilles. I did something to it. Strained it, and I don't know what took place. And I've been trying to get it better. I've been praying week after week for the Lord to heal it and everything. And it's gotten a little bit better, but it's not there yet. Right? Right? I mean, I was walking like this, guys. Two weeks straight. And I was walking this way on Saturday. All right? So I'm limping over there. I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to ask them if they need help, but... <laughs> Hey, they see I can't walk, but I'm going to do what I can do. All <laughs> right, the Lord's called me to give. So I limp over there. And a young lady's name, her, her name is Ann. She's one of our tennis instructors. And she's hanging out there. And I'm like, hey, Ann, you need help setting this thing up? You need any help or anything? And she's like, well, we can always use help. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm like, cool, cool. And then she says something rather interesting. She says, did I notice that you were limping over here? And I'm like, yeah, and I know, yeah, I got the mess of my Achilles, messed it up playing basketball, been limping on it ever since, it's not 100%. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah, really. She's like, you know what? You know what you can do? Stand like this, put your hands on here, and just stand on your tippy toes and go down really slowly. I'm like, okay. She's like, yeah, do it on one foot, 
do a mess up Achilles, do it, and do it twice a day, 20 times. And I'm like, okay, all right. So I take, I take her for a word. I help her set up. I do all the stuff. I get home last night, and I'm like getting ready to go to bed. I'm like, you know what? Let me go ahead and do that exercise real quick. So I do it. And all of a sudden, like right there, my Achilles got better. Like I'm walking around normally and everything. And I'm just like, what's going on here? And the Lord was like, your healing and your breakthrough, was in your, it was in your giving. You see, if I never chose to give, I would have never walked in the fullness of that healing. Right? You know what I'm saying? It was in that. Right? I give abundantly. And I give even more when you choose to give. Right? Because I walked over there and I chose to help, God was like, here, receive, receive, receive. I positioned my heart to receive of his fullness because I chose to give. That's the Father. That's the heart of the Father, man. So awesome. But like I said, it's even more, more than that. I'm going to ask my awesome, lovely, beautiful wife, who so graciously said yes, Craig, because you asked me to come and share, I will. And she's going to share just another story real quick about giving. Yeah. Cool. Love you. Okay. Um, so the other night I was listening to a podcast um, while I was doing the dishes and Craig came home and he's like, what were you just listening to? And it was a podcast about giving and I had no idea what he was talking about this morning and, and then I walked into it and he was like, hey, you should share that. And I was like, okay, sorry, I shared that with you. But <laughs> anyway, um, so it was a podcast and the title was like, Give What You Want, Get What You Need. And... Um, the speaker was talking about how, like, God gives you something sometimes that you don't even know that you need. And so she told a story about Corey Ten Boom. A lot of you have probably heard of her before. She um, lived in Holland when the Nazis came. She was around 50 years old, single, lived with her parents. They were Christians. And during that time, the Nazis came and were persecuting the Jews. Well, her and her family decided to hide Jews in their home. Well, most of the time during that time period, if you were hiding Jews, you were usually caught, and they were, and she ended up in a Nazi concentration camp. She, while she was there, she lost her father, she lost her sister, and she was tortured um, very badly. When the war was over, she survived, and then she began a ministry, traveling around the world, preaching about God's word, about forgiveness. Um, and then at the end, oh, two years after she was released, she was speaking at a church in Europe. After she spoke, a man approached her, and immediately she recognized him. He was one of the guards from her concentration camp that had tortured her. He came up to her, and he stretched out his hand, and he said, I am one of the guards at the camp you spoke of, and I have found the forgiveness of God for my sins, but I wanted to personally ask you to forgive me. She said she was frozen. And she told herself, forgiveness is an act of the will, not an emotion. Sorry, I had to write this down or I'll forget everything. So in that moment, she prayed, Jesus, I can lift my hand, but I need you to supply the feeling. So she said as she stretched out her hand to shake his, this healing warmth seemed to flood over her whole body. And with tears in her eyes, she said, I forgive you, brother. She said, in that moment, I have never known God's love so intensely as I did right then. She gave forgiveness. She didn't need forgiveness back, but she experienced God's love in a way that she never did. So sometimes when you give, God blesses you with something that you didn't even know that you needed. Mm. So cool. Thank you.
Thank you. Thank you, lovely wife. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're awesome. You're awesome. You are. You're beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was great, by the way. That was amazing. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, like I said, this giving, this giving out of the abundance of the Holy Spirit, out of the abundance of Christ, it's more than just, it's more than just about money. Right? Are you, are you looking for mercy today? Well, let's give mercy. Right? Are you looking for more of God's grace in your life? Are you looking to walk in that? Well, let's try giving it. Let's try being gracious towards one another. Let's try being gracious towards those who don't know him and see, see what God does. Are you, looking, are you looking to walk in a deeper relationship with the Lord? Well, let's look, let's go ahead and invest in one another. Let's give. Let's invest in one another. Let's invest in those who don't know him, those outside of the church. Let's go ahead and invest and see how God honors our giving. See how God honors our, our giving. Do you need to walk in forgiveness on today? Well, that's available for you, right? There's salvation here. Mark spoke about that earlier. God's willing to save. He wants to be with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to connect you back to the Father, right? He wants to do away with that separation. God loves you so much. There's forgiveness in the house on today, right? You can walk in that. You can walk in that. But let's on, go ahead, and those who have walked in the forgiveness of Christ, let's go ahead and forgive others and see how God manifests himself to us intensely in that moment. Let's see what he does. Man, I'm all about seeing the fullness of God take place in my life. Man, honestly, I would give. I want to be in a place where I give simply because my father gave to me. I love because my father loves me. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. But God, I'm willing to, I don't want to, I don't want to prevent myself from receiving anything more than, I don't, I don't want to limit it there if God's not willing to limit it there. If God wants to give me more, I want to, I want to receive more, right? I want to receive, I want all that God is, but I want to do so through giving because that's what he's called me to do. That's what he's called us to do. There's breakthrough in it. There's breakthrough in it. I'm fully convinced of that. There's breakthrough of healing in my giving, right? Has anybody ever seen the f movie Frozen? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to share this, but I felt like the Lord wanted me to. I was like, Lord, do I have to tell him that I watched it? <laughs> that, but that's the issue. That's the issue. You see, see, we watch Frozen as a family. My little kids like the movie, but they don't like all the parts. They don't like the snow monster and all that kind of stuff. So we fast forward through a lot of it, right? So the other day, I'm like, Corinne's like, hey, what do you want to do tonight? You want to watch a movie or something? I'm like, you know what? I want to see all Frozen. <laughs> so I, I can't even use the kids as an excuse. I appreciate that, though, brother. I appreciate you looking out for me. <laughs> I chose of my own accord. He's watching, okay, you're good, you're good, you're good. So, 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 so we're watching this movie, right? Now, I am going to spoil it for you. Is that okay? Is that okay? Is anybody going to be mad at me or upset with me if I spoil it? No, please. All right, I apologize. Forgive me if I, if I offend you. I'm sorry. But I'm going to spoil it. I'm going to spoil it. So, we're watching this movie downstairs, and, I, and I'm telling you, I'm focused. 
Because I want to catch this whole movie. I've seen bits and pieces. I don't even know what's going on half the time. Like, how did he get there? Why does she have ice? Why does ice come out of her hands? Why does she look like she's cold all the time? Like, I don't even understand any of the movie. So I'm like, I'm going to watch this movie from beginning to end with my wife, and I'm going to try to catch what's going on. All right? So I'm focused. Trying to figure out what's happening. All of a sudden, right, we get to the end of the movie. And... Actually, prior to the end, what happened is Elsa, for some reason, I still can't figure out why she shoots ice out of her hands. I tried my best to figure it out, but she does. She does, right? So somehow, she shoots ice out of her hands and mistakenly hits her sister with this. Now, her sister gets hit, and because she's hit with this ice, it's making her colder and colder moment by moment. So if, if this thing is not broken, she's going to ultimately become completely frozen, like a statue, right? Frozen in ice. So they go and talk to somebody, and they say, well, you, need, you know what's going to break this thing? An act of love is going to break this thing. So they're like searching the whole movie, trying to figure out what the act of love is. Man, what is the act of love that's going to break this thing? What is it? Do I need to find a prince to kiss me and love me? What's the thing? I need to find love. I need to find love. I need to find love in order to break this. So they're searching. And all of a sudden, at the end of the movie, they don't find it. So we have Anna over here, and we have Elsa over here. And because of what Elsa did throughout the movie, the whole town is completely covered in snow and ice, right? Because of what she did, her sisters is going to be frozen. And there at the end of the movie, they're like crawling towards one another in this ice storm trying to find one another. And Anna's like walking slower by slower. She's becoming more frozen and more frozen. And Elsa's like, where's Anna? Where are you? And they're looking. And this whole time, there's this prince guy who seems like a good guy, but he's not. He really just wanted to control the kingdom. So he has a sword in his hand, and he wants to get rid of Elsa because he knows if he gets rid of her, because she's the queen of the kingdom, if he gets rid of her, then he can have full and total control of the kingdom. So there, Anna's looking for Elsa. Elsa's looking for Anna. And this prince all of a sudden runs behind Anna with a sword. And he runs past Anna, and he's getting ready to hit Elsa with a sword. He raises it, and all of a sudden, Anna says, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And, <laughs> and she jumps in front of her sister, throws her arm up. And at that moment, she's completely frozen. Right? The prince throws his sword down, hits her forearm, and it completely shatters the sword. And all of a sudden, the townspeople are looking. Elsa's looking. Their friends are looking. Anna's completely frozen. And Elsa wraps her arms around her sister and is weeping. Like, man, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? And all of a sudden, she begins to melt, right? The town, the snow that was filling up the town begins to go away, right? Freedom was, was taking place in that moment. And you know what? When I watched that the first time, without fully looking at it, when I was watching it with my kids, I always thought that the act of love was, was given from Elsa, right? She loved her sister. She wrapped her arms around her sister, right? That's what I thought. But then I caught something, and it changed my mind on the whole thing. You see, they say something to the effect. I'm not sure which character says this. But they're like, the reason this whole thing was broken was because of the act of love. And they're like, whose act of love? 
honors. You catch that? Because Anna was willing to give her life, give herself for her sister, right? That thing was bearing down on her sister. And Anna jumped in front of her sister out of love and said, I'm willing to give her my life. I'm willing to give everything for her because I love her so much. I care so much about her. I'm going to give for her because she chose to give everything. Breakthrough took place for everybody else. Does that make sense? You see, when God fills us with his fullness, when I choose to give, right? When I say, Rick, bro, I love you, man. Whatever you need, man, whatever I have is yours, bro. I love you, bro. (laughs) When I give him a hug, when I choose to give cheerfully towards my brother, when I choose to give cheerfully towards my sisters, when I choose to give cheerfully to those I work with, to those I come into contact with every day, breakthrough takes place, man, right? The floodgates of heaven open up, and all of a sudden, blessings flow. And, And I'm blessed. The person is blessed. The community is blessed simply because I said I'm going to give in this moment. And I'm going to give cheerfully because I know who I am in Christ. See, giving is an amazing thing, man. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing, amazing thing. So I'm going to ask everybody a question here. What is it that you're looking to receive from the Lord? Are you seeking the Lord for something specific? Are you looking for something? more grace, deeper relationship. What is it that you're looking for? And I'm going to ask the first responders if they could come up. Is that okay? Sweet, sweet, sweet. And the worship team as well, sorry. All right. So what is it that you're looking for? Because I believe that there's an open door on today. I believe that God is ready to release out of his abundance. I believe he's ready to give, man. So what is it that you're looking to receive? This is it. This is the day. This is the moment. God says, I'm here, and I'm here to give. I'm here to give. I'm here to give. What is it that you're looking to receive? Now, it's cool. If you're looking to receive something specific, if you're looking for healing, maybe you're looking for a restoration in a relationship. Maybe you're looking for more grace. Whatever it is, God's willing to give it on today. And we have the first responders up here and they want to pray with you in regards to whatever that specific thing is. But I want you to take note of this. When the Lord brings about an answer to that prayer, right? When the Lord says, okay, I'm willing to give in regards to what you've asked. Take note of how he asked you to give. Because you see, the fullness of what you want in this moment or desire to receive from the Lord the fullness of that thing may very well be found in your giving. It may, it may be found in your giving. So be ready to receive, but also be ready to listen and to hear, okay, God, how do you want me to give? How do you want me to give? Right, whatever that looks like, however that may look, go ahead and walk obediently in that thing, man, because there's breakthrough in that thing. You talk about changing the world. You talk about allowing the kingdom of God to be fully evident in our midst, and in the world around us, let's go ahead and see, okay, God, here, God, okay, how do you want me to give? How do you want me to give? All right, so I'm going to pray, and then, Daniel, do you want to come up? Is that cool? All right, so I'll pray, and then I'm going to ask Daniel to come up. He's going to help me out a little bit, my brother in the faith. So awesome, so awesome. But let me pray. 
Lord God, I thank you, God. First of all, Lord God, I thank you, Lord, that you love us. I thank you, God, that you are love, Lord. Your word says that you are love, Father God. And I thank you, Lord God, that your love is eternal. It's everlasting. It's never ending. It doesn't cease. It doesn't stop. You always loved and you will always love us, Father, because you are love. And I thank you, God, that the very evidence of that love is found in the way that you give. And I thank you, Lord God, that you desire to freely give us all things, Father God, for life and godliness. That you desire to freely give us everything, Father God, that we need to live life as, 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 those, as, as, as those who are in Jesus Christ, walking in the reality of who we are in the image of your Son, Lord. I thank you that you freely give us all things, Father. So I pray in this moment, Father God. I pray in this moment, Father, if there's anybody here who's looking to receive from you, something specific, God. I pray, Father God, that you would hear us, Father God. For you say in your word, Father God, that this is the confidence that we have in you, that if we ask anything according to your will, and whatever we ask, Father God, if we know that you hear us, we know that we have the request that we made of you, Lord. We know this, Father God, that you hear us and you desire to give us good things, Father God. So I pray, Father God, that we would simply receive what you have for us, God. But I pray, Lord God, that we would keep our ear attentive to you, Lord, And we would hear, Father God, okay, God, what is it that you would have me to give in order to see the fullness of this very thing come about, Lord? How can I give to my brother? How can I give to my sister? How can I give to my coworker? How can I give to my classmate? How can I give to my friend, Father God, out of the abundance of who you are, Lord? God, we want to see breakthrough take place in our lives, Father, but we want to see breakthrough take place everywhere, in our community, in our sphere of influence, Father God, in our families, Father God. We want to see you be you in the fullness of who you are, God. Be fully established here, Father God. Establish your truth in our hearts. Have your way in this moment, Father God. We simply say, have your way. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I think there's a, I believe there's a a specific response and call this morning. You know, God is good, and every gift he gives is good. And the gospel is good news. And the gospel always begins with God. It was for God so loved the world. You know, and it's amazing that the God of the universe who owns everything is known for what he's given more than what he possesses. So this morning, are you known for what you possess or are you known for what you give? And I believe that the Lord is saying that he wants to give you an abundance for every good deed. Yeah, he wants to give so you can enjoy, but he doesn't want it to stop with an enjoyment. He wants to give so you have an abundance for every good deed. And I believe this is what the Lord is saying this morning. Of course, if you need salvation this morning, please come forward. If you need healing this morning, please come forward. But I believe this is the specific call this morning. Some of you are in here, and you've been in a season where there is a lack in your life. There's a lack in your life for some good deeds that you want to participate with God in doing, but there's a lack. And specifically, I want to invite you in here this morning that you've been walking in areas of lack in your life. And here's the call this morning. Normally, we come down to the altar to receive. That's normal. So this is going to sound and be a little bit different. I'm going to invite you this morning, if you have a lack in your life, in any area, that you would come to the altar, that we will pray with you, or you will pray, and you're going to ask God for wisdom and discernment on what you are to give in this upcoming season. 
God's not a slot machine. This isn't some kind of game we figured out. I'll put the quarter in, pull the handle down, get what you want. I'm not talking about developing a slot machine mentality. But I believe that the word that Craig spoke this morning is true. God is love, and out of His love, He gives. When we abide in Him, we learn to love, and in turn, we give. We act like our Father. We act like Him. But there's some things holding it back. You're not the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea just receives and receives and receives and receives. You are the Sea of Galilee that receives and gives away, receives and gives away. So here's the call this morning. Would you all please stand with me? There's another part to this. Some of you have given, and two things are happening. One, you've grown weary in your giving. In the harvest, you've been waiting for the harvest. You've given and you've been waiting for the harvest, and now you're, and it's delaying. And the second thing is, the Lord said, there's bitterness. And some of you have given and given and given, and you've gotten bitter. And it's withholding the harvest. So, you know, there's, there's some of you need to give to receive. And some of you, you've given and you're tired. And it's, that's why it says in Galatians 6, Do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you'll reap. And then bitterness, bitterness, release it. Yeah. That's a good word. Thanks, Saz. And, um... So, Craig and Corinne, if you guys could come up. I have a feeling that we're going to just line it up front right here with folks that will pray for you. And um, so we're just going to invite you to come forward. And we're just going to ask for God just to give wisdom and discernment. And like Sai said, maybe you need to give forgiveness, repentance this morning. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord, maybe today's the day that you give your will to him. You surrender your will to Jesus Christ. So just please come forward for any of those responses. Just come forward.